Hey man, welcome to the Badam Ching with Carl. Howdy my rabbits, and welcome back to the Badam Ching with Carl, man. Seriously, you guys been hanging out with me this long, I appreciate it, man. If this is your first time, I appreciate it, man. Seriously, man. How y'all doing, man? It's a new year. You know? How's your week? How's your day? How's your weekday? <laughs> All right, I can't take credit for that. That's a Cheech and Chong joke, so let's move on. All right, babe. Check it out. New episode, right? I, I, I'm jazzed, so check it out. Uh, Chad Ryden, dude. Chad Ryan's been on the scene for 20 plus years in Nashville, right? And the first time I saw Chad was at Zany's in like 2006. And it was the first time I, I, I saw like a real Nashville comic. And I'm like, wow, man, this, is, this guy's like a real comic. <laughs> and some of y'all out there could laugh, but like, honestly, he, he felt like a real comic, man. And he still is. Um, so that was the beginning, you know, with mine and Chad's like interaction. It took it, it took like twelve years for me to actually meet the dude, and 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 th- the circle of life things or whatever. It's like Chad was responsible for hosting my first show um, through Mark and Nunson. So I always appreciate that. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Chad Ratt. I ran for mayor of Nashville. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm not your mayor. Uh, it didn't work. <laughs> they didn't want me. But my platform was very simple. Day one as mayor, I was going to bulldoze the gulch. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm tired of people talking about it. I'm sick of getting tricked into going down there. I'm over it. <laughs> I moved here 16 years ago. The gulch was just burned out old warehouses where bands shot their sad music videos. And... <laughs> And all of a sudden, we're the it city, right? So you got to build up, and uh, they build it in the crappiest neighborhoods in town, and guess what? That's the Gulch. So now it's million-dollar apartments, and uh, I'm tired of it. Because when people tell you, if the New York Times tells you that a place is cool, and you move there because you think it's cool, you're not cool. Cool people don't do that. I'm sorry if you've moved here in the last five years, but you're the problem. You're diluting our cool. Nashville's always been cool. That's what's offensive to me. All of a sudden, it's cool? No. It's always been cool. In the 70s, Johnny Cash walked to Hendersonville to hook up with a girl. You know what I mean? He was that drunk. His roommate was Waylon Jennings, and he didn't try to stop him. Nashville's always been awesome. So to tell me all of a sudden it's awesome, and then these people move, no, get him out. Bulldoze the whole thing, knock it down, return it to its pristine glory. People are like, Chad, you're going to displace a lot of people by doing that. Where, where are they going to go when you destroy their homes? Like, well, they're followers. So all you got to do is tell them that Hickory Hall Mall is super cool. Chad Ryan, what's going on, baby? This is it. This is it? This is it, man. Dude. I love your show. I love what you're doing. I think this is wonderful. I miss all of these people you've talked to. And... Mm-hmm. 
been uh, wonderful catching up with them without putting in the effort myself to reach <laughs> out and talk to people one-on-one, which I always appreciate. It's like, you're doing all the legwork for me. I don't have to check in. It's a lot. It's a lot of work, man. Yeah, so I, I appreciate it. You know, a lot of legwork, you know, talking to these old, doing. these old fuckers, you know? <laughs> man, uh, we got to say like, this is an audio podcast, but my man, Chad is full on tuxedo with a beanie. Hey, it's a show. That's 90 chic, baby. Yeah, this is uh it's, it, it's a show. And so you got to show up, you dress for the job you want. Yeah. Not necessarily the job you have. I always wanted to either be like David Letterman, Johnny Carson, or James Bond, or some mix between with a little Rambo thrown in. So, uh, oh. and the Beastie Boys, the, like the Beastie Boys would wear tuxedos yeah. and dress up. Yeah. And that was a lot of the appeal to me too. Uh, I'll tell you though, you know, I learned from Pat Dixon, the guy from Chattanooga, mm-hmm. he always wore a suit and tie every time I saw him anywhere on stage okay. doing a show. Yeah. And uh, he explained, you know, he got a lot of shit. He dresses in a hoodie and fucking shorts just like every one of us. And he kept getting shit from that, about that from club owners. And so he was like, all right, I bought one suit, one tie, one shirt, and I wear that shit every day. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he bought more shirts and he's got a full wardrobe now. But for years, he just, he had a suit. It started with one. Yeah. And just wore that every single time. And then immediately they accepted him and he wasn't hearing that bullshit about appearance. And then the way he's perceived on stage, immediately better immediately you know his material was received better by audiences just by the way wow okay okay it's it's that kind of stuff that they tell you and it it goes to your head and you're like yeah but fuck that man (laughs) right that oak that old cliche right like yeah 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 he's like no no i'm different though i'm different you know like my humor you know then like i i look at guys like uh don rickles every single time i saw him on tv he was in a tuxedo and he would come on letterman he would kill it and it was old school he'd always been awesome You'd seen all the roasts, and he was still sharp and mean and just rude, and I loved it. Like, always like, a tuxedo, always class. Or, or Dangerfield, know? just a suit, but still like class, right? Sinatra, right? Like it's just all these guys, and I, I, I miss that era of show business. Where yes, where it was a business. It was a business. Yeah. The business called show. <laughs> yeah, man, like uh, all day long. Yeah, where you showed up and you were probably drunk and high, and you did a show with your pals, and then you. You know, you're oh, on the Vegas Strip or whatever. Dude, dude, no, no doubt those guys were way more fucked up than we ever were. You know, oh, like sure. on stage, you oh. know, but oh, they had well. a suit on. They had a suit oh, on, well. so they got away. I've been with. blackout drunk on stage uh, <laughs> quite a bit. So I, <laughs> but I, that's I, just I, like an homage. That's like an homage to you yeah. know. They've got. It's not fair because they have extensive lifelong careers to compare <laughs> to my, you know. 20 years of shit. So it's like, it's not fair to count hours. Like, we're, you, wait until I'm dead. Then we'll do the tallies. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that should have come out, you know. Yeah. Eventually, you know what I'm saying? Damn, man. Like, it's good to see your face, like, even, like, on a, a Zoom thing, man. Like, like, how you been since this, this shutdown, dude? Like, yeah. honestly, I haven't talked to you. Yeah, it's been crazy for everybody. I expected to be <laughs> required to stay in our homes Early in the Trump presidency. I thought we would get there before year two. <laughs> That's true. And so, like, I was prepared for uh, the worst. I really expected the worst and was mm-hmm. doomsday prepping. And uh, so all this happened kind of later than I thought it would. Honestly, I didn't expect a pandemic, but I already yeah. had a lifestyle where I could adapt to that very quickly. Okay, so you're, you're already just prepping yourself for the inevitable. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, you know, as... 
March hit, I was like, oh, wow, this is for real in the United States, United States and catching fire. Now, I was married to a registered nurse when H1N1 hit in 2009. So I okay. understand. And she worked in Vanderbilt's MICU unit. So mm-hmm. medical intensive care, that is where the worst people go in all of the region. It's the best one in hundreds of miles. And so she saw the worst of the worst. And so I knew what this was capable of. And then I immediately read this book, Pale Rider, about um, 1918 pandemic and historically every pandemic up to that point. And okay. that was eye-opening because the same stuff that happened in 1918 and literally every other pandemic was happening now. And so I just immediately canceled everything, everything that I had planned up. I was like, I'm done. You know, 2020 is a wash. I'm not going anywhere. And people were like, you're canceling a date in June? Like, we're, we're shut down for four weeks here. That's it. What we're going. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not doing anything until 2021 at the earliest, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, just kind of planned to hunker down. So the last thing, the last time I went anywhere and did anything was <laughs> uh, the the cigar bar up here, the show uh, uh, Smokers Abbey. Oh, with with Patrick Devine. Yes. So okay. they did a Joker's Abbey show there, and like a Nunson and uh, Sean Parrott and uh, Devine. Yeah, a bunch of dudes were there, and it was fun. It was Steven Spinella. And it was nice. weird because I had just been sick. I was sick the last uh, weekend of February, the first few days of March. Oh, it was just okay. a head cold, but it was shitty. And it was like me and Callie both sick for three days. And then I was coming out of that and I was finally better to go out into the wild and be around people. So I was excited to go socialize. Yeah. And there were cases in Williamson County, but not like in Nashville. There were two isolated cases and they said they had it under control. So it was time to be careful, but... This was certainly the last time I left my house. Okay. Going to that show. And then, you know, things started closing down. I saw when Taylor Swift announced she was canceling her entire 2020 stadium tour. Was that it? Was that it for you? That was like, yes. Taylor Swift's out. I'm out. (laughs) This is a millionaire who is very, very successful. What she does, planning on playing stadiums with a team of people who make sure that every single thing of her in her life is perfect. Mm -hmm. It comes off without a hitch. If she, with those resources and that, skill level of a team cannot pull it off what the yeah. hell am i going to do in evansville indiana where i plan on sleeping in my car you know what i mean <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have that team and resources to back up a chad riding tour during a pandemic so i was like well <laughs> we can sit this out a little bit like dude like like i'm, I'm gonna like put my uh, uh, dumb chingness into this thing because like I have a slight agenda that I want to talk to yeah, you of about course. If, you're, if you're into it, man. I, whatever you want to do, I'm happy. Cool. Like, like Because like when your name came up to me um, to do the show, like uh, it started with Mark Nonson, right? Because like he's, he's old, he's old as hell. Yeah, like, I'll tell you, like he, having him on anything, anytime I have a show, he's the first person I book every single time. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll even like do you one up like when Mark Nutson had his first show or when Mark Nutson had a show, he gave me my first show and it was a show that you were that you booked. Oh, that's right. Right. So yeah, that was yeah, yeah. The Spooky yeah. Squirrel revival over at uh, the theater. Place. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. Yeah. And, and like, that was my first show. And, and I'm very uh, appreciative of that, man. Like, I'll never oh, forget yeah. that. But like, 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 I want to go, let's go back in Did time, man. You? Did I give you any money? I think I had like $7, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, like, good. That's but also, I, also, yeah. Also, I think Mark walked a few people off that money? night. 
now, but he walks some people out. So like, I feel like he owes me some money. You know what I mean? Cause like I didn't walk anybody, you know, he yeah. walked a few you people. You did a great job. It was a fun show. Uh, and I love, I hate that that venue, like I couldn't get people out there. It was really tough to build. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was kind of like tucked away. Could you let me know what the scene was like when you started doing comedy? And also how did you get into doing comedy in Nashville? I moved here specifically to do comedy and, uh, from from Knoxville, I was working in radio and TV. And okay. I always wanted to do stand-up, but there was no club in town at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had visited New York City a lot, and that was always my plan to move there. But the more shows I went to and the more people I talked to, the more I realized I needed to start in a secondary town and then move to a larger city when everything necessitates that. And okay. so I started looking at what was around me in Nashville year, and Atlanta. What year was that, though? That, okay, so I, I really... I made up my mind. I've tried to move to New York several times in my life, but I made up my mind in about 1999 that I had to get out of there and do something. Uh, Because I'd I'd lived in Knoxville from 95 to 99. I'd done it. It's a college town. I worked at four of the six TV stations and a bunch of radio. And so it's like, I've done it. I got to get out of here. There's no comedy here. And so... Yeah, Nashville and Atlanta had good rooms. Atlanta only had the punchline. Zanies uh, was in Nashville, and that was really it. But their schedules looked very similar. They were Mm. booking the same pool of comics. And so I I was thinking about it. Like, Tennessee doesn't have state income tax. Georgia does. And I knew more people in Nashville. I had a couple college buddies and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it was that was it. I had college buddies that were here, and so yeah. uh, I thought, gosh. And so I I came and interviewed for a job uh, in web development, and the lady hooked me up with two weeks uh, in Boston getting training, and then they guaranteed me an, uh, at least uh, nine months worth of work, thirty hours a week at a specific rate that was four times what I was making working in television in Knoxville. So okay. I took that. And that moved me, you know, spent those weeks in Baltimore and Boston in that summer and then came down to Nashville and had a job the next day, slept in a hooker hotel room that first night because I couldn't (laughs) find any of my friends. I didn't have a cell phone. I had nothing. Uh, And so I I, I used a payphone to try to call the four people I knew in town and nobody was answering. So uh, (laughs) I, I decided to get the shittiest hotel room I could find. And that was on Nolansville. It was the Music City Motor Lodge. And it was amazing. I've, I've told the story on stage a bunch of times, but it, it turns out it was a hooker hotel. Okay. And I did not stay there that night. I ended You're up like, everybody's very room. nice. Everybody's very nice. Yeah, it was so crazy. <laughs> and I wanted a good story out of it. And I got one, but it's like, mm, you know, I've done it. I'm here. I'm out. I, I'm out. I'm not sleeping here. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, anyway, that was my, and so I worked in town for a little bit. I, I, I worked for one client through this company for like six weeks. And then I moved into a, another client in Cummins Station on 10th Avenue South, mm-hmm. which was a web development house. And so I was working on a bunch of different clients. And day one on the job, these two beautiful girls walked in and they were handing out flyers for a bar down on the first floor called the Bar Car. And every night of the week, they mm. had live entertainment of some sort. Music, DJs, spoken word, comedy. And... I was like, holy shit, there's a comedy open mic here every Tuesday. Hmm. And I was like, that's tomorrow. I'm going. This is great. And so I, I went down there after work mm-hmm. that night and watched the show. 
and there were like eight comics. I think you, Tim Northern was hosting, and um, Frankie Harris, uh, Danny Lamore, okay, Keith Alberstadt, um, maybe Dan Whitehurst. Okay, yeah, all names uh, I've heard of. You know what I mean? This these these dudes have all, and so like they were the ones around in the scene, and and then there were crazy people. There was a handful of like five <laughs> crazy people that I never ever saw again. Um. But I saw it and I was like, half these guys are really fucking funny and half of them are insane people who don't know what's going on around them. If I can fit in the middle, I can do this shit. So I went home and I wrote five minutes. I practiced it hundreds and hundreds of times over and over and over, timed it out to five minutes perfectly every single time. Nice. And then went and did it the next week, sat there and signed up and then went up at some point and did that shit. This point is like what, like, like 2000, 2001? This is like- November 13th, 2000. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And so cool. Tim Northern was hosting, and um, I, uh, I'd planned five minutes. It ended up being 12 minutes. Really? I, wait, they let you go over seven minutes, dude? Yes. <laughs> and okay. I don't know to, if Tim Northern was flashing a light at me. I can't imagine him not <laughs> lighting me up and ripping me apart. I, I can't I can't even put that together. But I have videotape of this because I, I did yeah, my buddy Jesse was there and he okay. videotaped my set. And so I've got the video and that first 10 minutes was really good. It was fire shit. <laughs> and then it all fell apart about minute 10 and the last two minutes was trash and it was okay. awful. There was no momentum and I, you know, exit it was like thank you, get out. What? And uh still Tim was very, very complimentary and nice and bought nice. me beers and you know, told me to make sure I always come back, blah blah blah. And got my content information, and uh, he's been one of my best friends ever since, you know. But I did come back every single week, um, which was uh, a lot of fun. Like, week three, everybody there had just been at Zany's because there was a contest for the funniest person in Nashville. And they picked a man and a woman mm-hmm. uh, comic, and they each got a week worth of work and, you know, bragging rights and some money. And uh, people were all buzzed about that. Well, shit, I didn't even know that was happening. This is week two into comedy. You know, I didn't know about that shit. Yeah, uh, but then I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Well, I met the woman who won that contest. Uh, Landon Lyon was a comic in town. He was at the, the mic the other night, and he was always out. And uh, Donna Kenny was new to me. She had just moved there from New York City. She'd previously been in Alaska, and she'd always done stand up. She'd done stand up for the last ten years, I think. And mm-hmm. she had improv groups and did different stuff uh, around Alaska, New York. So she was a great resource. She went to Zanies after this win of hers, and she was like, "I want to do a weekly show." that's half improv and half stand-up. So we'll have stand-up comedy for 45 minutes and then 45 minutes of my improv troupe. Mm-hmm. And Dave was like, absolutely. Every single Tuesday, do it. And so she came to the open mics and announced that she would be doing auditions for that. Well, I had a sketch comedy group, me and my buddy Jesse, and we hired two other actors. We had videos on our website and we already had like an act that we did, but we thought every one of us, let's go down and let's audition for this because it gets us in with Zanies. Sure. I literally moved here to work at and had not a step foot in yet, you know, having mm-hmm. been in town for just a few weeks. And so uh, we auditioned for that improv group. We all got in and it was us, a bunch of other comics, Keith Alberstead, Danny Lamore, Carla Rhodes, Rick Roberts. Uh, and then um, maybe I'm missing somebody, but then there were actors bridge ensemble people. And there were people from one hand clapping, which is another improv group okay. at the time. And the, I guess the most famous one of them was uh, Gina Gershon's sister. 
Is she hot too, man? <laughs> She's very pretty. Yes. Nice. Uh, so, like, we we had a we had a good group of comics and theater people, and uh, we did that every single week at Zany's. And that so like within it's starting in February. It, so it ran from February to November of two thousand one. So within three oh. months of my first open mic at a weekly show at Zany's, and and the comedy before we labeled it as open mic, but it was really the comics on the show that night. Plus one or two spots. Sometimes Zanies would put in a guest spot, somebody auditioning for work, and sometimes it would be a local that would get that spot. Uh, but it was it was basically the cast doing stand up and then us doing an improv show. And wow. we built a good following. That's how I met Mark Nutson. Is he came out to that one night? Okay. Uh, and and used to come see that show. Yeah. Um. So it was really cool. I had a, a paid gig every single week, three months into comedy at Zanies. Wow. And then, uh, three months in. Yeah. Uh, so that was amazing and it was so funny because then you know i started hanging out there every single night like our show was tuesday they weren't open monday wednesday night they had somebody and usually they were there wednesday through sunday at that point sometimes they'd break up the week but usually somebody's there for the whole week and so i would go in there wednesday night and sit down and would they still let you in since you're a comic yeah of course yeah comics get in free nice and that's standard operating procedure and so like that was a huge perk because yeah i would show up and sit in the back right in front of michael winslow's photo next to the yeah uh, the wait staff uh little spout so i can get my water you know and uh because you I, broke. I sit there and watch every single show no matter who yeah, it was man. no matter if i thought i would like him or not i went and i watched Good. and i would always come back if i didn't have something else going on and i rarely did i was new in town i knew nobody mm-hmm. uh everybody i knew i met through comedy except for my four college buddies and so uh, like I, I sat there at Zany's and I watched everybody and I would come back Thursday night and see if shit was different. If, if they mixed it up, if the comics had different material, if they improvised at all, like then I was really interested. If they did the same act, it, the exact same way with the exact same beats and wording, and it was a carbon copy of the same set, right. then right. I would skip the rest of the week because yeah, I'd the, seen it and it was, yeah, that's not you know, inspiring. Yeah, It yeah. is what it is, but I'd seen it. Exactly. And if people mix it up, I would definitely come back and hang out. And I started getting work that way where um, eventually the, the club manager, Dina, was like, uh, he, he, oh, she, well, it took her a few months to figure out I was even a comic. She didn't know me. She had Tuesdays <laughs> off, so she didn't know me. She knew me as a regular customer that we let in for free. She was like, oh, shit, you're a comic? I'm like, how did you not know that? I have a show here every fucking week. Uh And she's like, oh, God, Chad, come here. And so she pulled out her folder with her calendar in it for the next year and gave me 15 guest sets uh, over the coming weeks. Really? And, and, you know, a lot of Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, but uh, stage time. Mm-hmm. And she watched me do my five and would coach me on it. And nice. Uh, so she was that she was actually like, like this or not that. And she was uh, like, yeah, coaching. So then I, I, I got booked to do uh, weeks as a house MC. And the first week I ever did it, you know, I was opening up for Dane Cook at like the height of his. Wow, man. His whole and this is like, this uh, is like around the people like the with first nerds were still excited to see him. Hell yeah, man. Dude, like, do you have any, like, uh, uh, like personally, do you have any um, highlights of your comedy career, as it were? Yeah, I think the, so coo- far. the coolest venue I've done is the Ryman, which okay. was amazing to me. And I'd seen shows there. Of course, it's legendary. Uh, I took a tour of it 
you know, the day we were performing there. That was the first time I'd taken the tour, which was amazing. Wow, same day. Yeah, because like I was, I, that was what I was doing that day. So I went and took the tour, the full tour, and then um, it was me and Billy Wayne Davis and Lana Turner and Ralphie May. And uh, God, before the show, we just laid down on that stage and made like dust bunnies, uh, <laughs> right. dust angels, I yeah, should yeah, say. Yeah. And, uh, uh, just laid there and kind of soaked it in for a while and just stood on that stage and looked out and God, just were in awe. It was so fun. It was, how'd, it was. How'd that feel? Know it. How'd that feel knowing you're going to perform on that stage, dude? Like oh, Johnny Cash, you know, Hank Williams. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever seen the, the movie Walk the Line, like that's the stage. Johnny was smashing out the stage lights. He was so yeah, fucked up and they yeah. kicked his ass out of there. And I'll tell you what, they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. They banned <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ryman staff does not want to talk about it. They always say like, Oh, he's such a nice man. We welcome him back. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, we were skipping over the part where you gave him a lot of shit for being fucked up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that was I think the coolest venue. One time, uh, Dan Whitehurst was won this world's funniest cop competition. Uh, he was a Metro Police detective for decades, and he injured his back and got his pension. And he went full time on his comedy. And he oh, okay, won this contest before at this association of police officers, which is mm-hmm. a crowd of like a thousand people or something. And Jay Leno was hosting it and like Dan won the damn thing. And so he had to go back the next year to defend his title. And, uh, he was in St. Louis, but he'd hurt his back. So he needed somebody to drive his car because he was on pain pills and he couldn't drive. And so I went with him and he offered me a set on that show. And I thought, Oh yeah, this will be in front of like a thousand people. Blah, blah, blah. This will be huge. I was going to be the biggest crowd I've ever been in front of at any point up to yeah. that. Yeah, and, for sure. uh, I, I didn't take into account it's cops. It's goddamn cops, Carl. <laughs> and, and those are the people I've been fighting my whole life. Sure, my friend Dan's cool, but he's a comic. You know, these people are the enemy. Uh-huh. And uh, I actually had that realization about 10 minutes into my set. Uh. I realized I was talking about weed. I was doing weed bits. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm here. My audience, I did not even think about who I was talking to. Uh-huh. <laughs> my weed material. I, it in real time i reacted to that and they all laughed at that <laughs> well yeah 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 that's yeah. usually a gesture yeah yeah, so, yeah for sure uh, it was super funny from then on and very loose and i ended up doing like 15 minutes and then they they bought me beers all night like hundreds of people hundreds of cops and it was and me and dan hung out and drank with all of them it was a good time but uh that that was wild for a whole different you know that would change your perspective on cops you're like you know what these guys are pretty cool. We're getting close to our time. I'm sorry, but like, like also, like, I just want to know your thoughts. Like, what do you think about the the comedy scene now Great. versus uh, like when you started? You know, well, I mean, I didn't. I, you know, like I said, I haven't been to a show since March of 2020. But you've so been around. But I, you I got your eye on it. You yeah. Uh, when I started, there was one open mic on a Tuesday, and then. Zanies was open Wednesday through Sunday, and that was it. That was all the 100% of the comedy shows in town. And that's it. That yeah. was it. And so soon with my Tuesday show, we had two shows a week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's grown from there. And it's been amazing because so many people learn, like, all I got to do is start my own show. Even if it's a monthly, uh, that's the best way to get anywhere is to create opportunities for yourself and others. And so, so many people get that very quickly and start their own show. Mm-hmm. And so be- because of that, the scene has grown. And I think before COVID hit, there were more recurring shows weekly, monthly 
specialty and then different posses of people getting together to do their shows as a group. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful to see so many people taking control of their own careers and putting in the work and doing what you got to do to, to get on stage and have fun with your friends. Yeah, man. It's, fucking, I, it's cool. I really, th- I really think before like pandemic hit, like it was popping, man. Like, like oh, yeah, absolutely. There, there was a, what, you know, I, I'm very new to this shit. You know, I started two years ago, but even then it was popping, man. Like it was already climaxing, you know, it's yeah. like, the, the scene like was great I could feel shit was going on. And it's grown, it's grown consistently up year after year after year. And, uh, I don't know, like for me, like broken record show in 2015 was the, the biggest event for me in this town. Yeah. And the week long show, breaking the world record, bringing in our friends from all over the country and having local guys get up and do an hour for the first time ever. <laughs> like when they're used to getting five minutes, struggling to get 10, yeah. Yeah. like Take giving them. Yeah. as much time as they can possibly fill because we're desperate uh-huh. to cover eight days. Like it was such a, a great experience, like a comedy camp where yeah. you literally slept over at the comedy show and would wake up and do a set and then go back to sleep. Oh man. I've just heard stories about it. You know, so like nuts, everybody, and- everybody has like crazy stories about that. It makes me wish I would have started three years earlier. Honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will do it again. That's what, uh, like everybody keeps talking to me about that where it's like, after we get out of this and we're able to do shit safely, like we we need to do a goddamn eight year. Eight yeah, because because we need to like catch up, you know. Yeah, we, yeah. We've all spent like for most of us, we spent a year off, you know. Yeah, yeah. We got to dust that shit off. All right, yeah. brother. All right, go ahead. What did you say? Oh uh, no, uh, thank you so much for having me do this, man. This is a lot of fun. All right, well, hey man, I guess we're gonna wrap it up. But let the people know, man. Like Chad, where can people find you, dog? My website is fuckthehomeless.com. <laughs> Please join me there. That's We're true. doing a lot of really good work for the people who uh-huh. deserve it. Uh-huh. And you can help. So don't be stingy. Come on out. <laughs> That's true. Fuckthehomeless.com. Yeah. I'm writing that down because like, I always forget. about. Well, the I mean, my website it, it redirects to chadriden.com, but you say that and people forget it. On stage, when I say fuckthehomeless.com, people pull out their phones and they start going there right then. And then you see the look on their faces when they realize it's real. Does that actually, it literally yeah, it's my takes you to your page? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. So, I thought you fucking with me. My bad. Yeah, that's the only way I get people to go to my website. And it's oh. Nobody forgets, everybody forgets chat right immediately, but fuckthehomeless.com, they, you know, they remember that shit. I never forget. Also, let people know about, like, you run nationalstandup.com. And that's yeah, important. so it's a nonprofit. I took, I, it was an existing website when I moved here. AJ okay. Sullivan had it. And it basically listed the comics in town and links to their websites at the time. And I kind of took it and ran with it in 2001 and uh, became an official nonprofit and work as a 501c3 public charity. So if you want to do comedy in town, in in Middle Tennessee, we list all the open mics where anybody can go up and um, run shows and promote shows. So if you have a show in town, and you tag us, we can re-promote that shit right out to everybody. Uh, it's slowly built a mailing list and, you know, yeah, produce, I've had radio shows over the years and podcasts and everything else, uh, released albums of live shows as National Stand-Up. And um, I don't know, it's, it's uh, if you can and you want to, when you buy something on the evil Amazon, you can go to smile.amazon.com. <laughs> and international stand-up as your charity of choice and 
it doesn't add anything to your total, but a percentage of the sale will go to Nashville stand-up. I and, didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, you can you can choose all kinds of charities. It doesn't have to be me. Uh, you can do this for anybody and anything you buy on Amazon. Just go to smile.amazon.com instead of regular Amazon. It's the same website, but you choose your charity at the top and it gives them a little something. So you can do Cancer Society. You can do all kinds of stuff. It's a, it's a really nice way to support the most evil corporation on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but also some cool people. So yeah, that's the thing. I don't oh. know. Like I, I immediately started promoting other people's shows and I got into a little bit of trouble about that because people were, I was a new comic on the scene and they were like, why, why are you promoting my show? You know, you're not even on it. They were suspicious of this behavior. And I was like, well, it's a great show with a great lineup. I want people to know about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's being nice, you dick, you know, <laughs> it was really weird how, how kind of uh, standoffish they were about it. it but mm. like people figured it out pretty quickly. It's like, yeah, I'm not making any money off of doing this. I'm just trying to tell people the cool shows to go to. Godfather on the scene, man. Everybody loves you. That's not Chad true. Right. That's not well, true at all. Chad, yeah. I love you, man. We'll I see you soon, you, right? I can't wait to hang out. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said, I love you, man. We'll see you soon, I, right? I love you. Can't wait to hang out, man. A beer. Yeah, lots of beers. <laughs> yeah, lots of beers. See you, dude. See you, dude. There it is, guys. Done did it. Again. Appreciate you guys hanging out with the Badum Ching with Carl. We'll see you next time, man. Be sure to follow us on all platforms. Wherever you're listening, it's probably a good idea. Keep listening, dude. Uh, Give us that like. Give us that subscribe. And as always, we love you. And you know what? Like... I feel like me and Chad ain't done, so look out for a a bonus episode to be continued, man. This shit ain't over. We'll see you next week, man. And guess what? See you later.